everybody. Uh, welcome to the USL show brought to you by our lovely friends at Roughneck Scarves, uh, the official home for U.S. Uh, national team, USL, MLS, and even scarves for your personal or club use, fundraiser type stuff, all, all that good stuff. Check those guys out, roughneckscarves.com. would also like to mention that we are brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network of Podcasts. Thank you to our overlord, Mike Sparks. Check uh, everybody out on the interwebs, um, bgn.fm. Or you can check them out on Twitter at the BGNFM. Um, real quick, doing some some show pluggy things before we get into intros and things because this will fit a little bit better um, here. Firstly, we'd like to welcome 1868 Weekly, which is a weekly podcast about Reno 1868 FC. It's good stuff. And in case you're wondering, yeah, it has been every week. So go check John and, and all those guys out. Also would like to welcome and partly announce... Um, the Last Line Soccer Podcast, which is a new show hosted by uh, Ryan, you'll enjoy this, former University of North Carolina Wilmington goalkeeper, as well as the uh, 2015 USL Goalkeeper of the Year, as well as the 2015 USL Cup winner, and the former, perhaps, USL record holder for clean sheets with 13 in a season. Um, and I think he still has the record for goals allowed uh, on average for a season with 054 and, uh, and our guest on Wednesday for the next episode of You Play We Don't, goalkeeper Brandon Miller, currently of the show in Independence. So there you go. That's some really good stuff. He literally put up like three episodes in one day. I'm sure he recorded them before <laughs> that. But um, yeah, no, it's it's really cool. I'm really glad that we have another player coming in just because the perspective for those guys is is awesome. So that's some good stuff. Let me introduce people before I get way too far into this. Um I didn't have them roll for initiative, unfortunately, so I can't go that way. Uh, but I will say it's the man that puts the show in show notes. Um, the very dry Ryan Allen. It's still raining here in Greenville, and I'm just happy the hurricane is over. Aside from one tree through the roof, everything else is good. Fair enough. Good to hear. Uh, also joining us it is the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, the cream in your Irish coffee, uh, my dear friend Phil Grimms. Phil, how's it going? Very good. I'm excited for, uh, I think it should be a fun show tonight. It should be a fun show tonight. Phil, what are you talking about? They're always fun. What are you saying? What are you, what are you implying, Phil? I don't like it. You bore me weekly. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, get in the back of the line, man. Take a ticket. Um, also joining us, it's the best parts of Chuck Polinick and, and Elliot Smith combined into one. You might call him Mr. Durden. We call him Big Kev, Kevin McCamish. What's up? How's it going, everybody? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm very excited for that friendly that's happening in Wednesday on Houston that has no significance on my fandom as a soccer fan. <laughs> okay there. Yep. Also joining us, it is the uh, my caffeinated comrade, uh, former Ball State University crusader, oh. perpetual cult crier, uh, our dear friend at Soccer with Brian. It's Brian Cook. That was pretty good. I Thank enjoyed you. that. Thank you. And yeah, I tried to put as many things with the letter C in them, and I also wanted to shout out Ball State University because their attendance numbers need to get up next year. So, no, uh, well, all the students still get in free for all the sporting events. So, wow. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's the only way they can stay a Division One school. But don't tell oh, anybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So yeah, we'll just edit that out. Free CU football. Yeah, no, it's you didn't hear that from me. But no, I didn't hear that from anybody but at if all. If you did hear that from somebody else, that would be a hundred percent true. Actually, if I heard it from anybody. Anyway, guys, uh, big news coming in from the league. They're going to be really mad that I'm going to start saying this, um, especially before the announcement's happening. 
um, at one o'clock tomorrow. Um, in 2019, the USL is officially rebranding Celine Dion's residence in Las Vegas, and, and we're actually coming in as the USL show to start a residence in Las Vegas. Dude, did you get, so, did you, did, um, did you get clearance to say that sort of thing? Yeah, man. We're, we're going big time. Check we're going to play in Vegas. Oh, man. Uh, the sources are myself. We're, we're, we're really, you know, we were like, wow, the live stream thing is going really well. Um, let's just move to Vegas, you know, and Celine Dion was graceful enough. She stepped down. Good People got tired show. of hearing the now, Titanic love song. Speaking speaking on behalf of all the guests that you usually yeah. have on to fill in yeah. whenever you guys need them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you it's, gonna be paying for all of us to fly in for yeah, that? Yeah. No, we, we got a really good deal with whatever hotel okay. she was in. Um and and really what it's gonna be is, you know, the the five of us normally, except for Pony, because no one can actually see what he looks like or else the world explodes. Um <laughs> are all going to be on the stage. And then whenever someone wants to have a comment, they have to like tag out and tag back in. Um, so really like the show will last about I don't know, 12 hours on average, but I mean, that's really good bang for your buck, you know? Hey, and afterwards, as, as, buffet, as long as I get to fly out to Vegas with it on a plane, that's Celine Dion's <laughs> face on the side of it. I think that's oh, okay. Yeah. That's we the only just, part of my rider that you really have to repurposing her, her tour plane. But we're not. We don't have the money for any of the like graphic changes, so it's just going to be <laughs> Celine Dion's face. I like that. Right. I like that plan to go up and down the strip of Vegas. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, and instead of actually, I should have said instead of normal guests like we usually have on the show, which are people that cover soccer, which is mildly relevant, we're just going to have like Penn and Teller and the Blue Man Group, and um, I'm Backstreet sure Carrot Top is still sure there. there. Oh, Backstreet Boys. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Britney Spears anyway. is pretty sure she's there. You name Brittany. it. Britney. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Jones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, be on the lookout for that. I'm really excited. Uh, no, but uh, allegedly the big news is uh, we have a, a rebrand of some kind coming tomorrow. Um, which at the same time, some of the people that are tweeting that also tweeted that Bethlehem Steel wouldn't exist this year and they're in fifth place in the East right now. So, hmm. Take that how you will. <laughs> Guys, thoughts on a possible rebrand? Oh, Joker, I will right say in, in uh, November 2017, Soccer and Sweetie at least, uh, flagged the news that USL Championship, USL League 1, and USL League 2 were all trademarked by USL back in November 2017. Yeah, and that's, and that's the rumor that we're going to roll with, right? We can talk about that rumor? Yeah, we can talk about that rumor. Why not? Brian, I feel like you you should start us off, pal. <laughs> I, I think it'll be a really good name. I think uh, a lot of the prevailing kind of thoughts are just people saying USO was a fine name for what it is, but then now that they're going into D3, the branding needed to be reworked and to do USO Championship, USO League 1, and USO League 2, who all kind of fits in line with what the EFL does over in England. Mm-hmm. And it... And, Regardless of what people say, becoming more and more like European, this isn't like naming every team United. This is, I think, an actual good move <laughs> for soccer in the States. Yeah, buddy. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Does it leave it open for USL to sell the naming rights of their leagues? Like you could have the USL Bank of America Championship or 
<laughs> the USL's Heineken League One, League it, Two. I don't know. It you could turn does. it into a college football game and have thirty-six thousand. Every actually, every I like year. that. I like that too. I like yeah. that too. I like every USL game in across all three divisions is just sponsored. <laughs> uh like you know um i was almost gonna say that team that i don't want to talk about and they're not gonna be in the league next year so who cares um <laughs> Louisville versus indy 11 brought to you by luke oil or something or um uh, what do we got um uh bethlehem steel versus new york red bulls 2 brought to you by little debbie snack cakes that's a good one i want to sponsor that by monster energy oh yeah <laughs> i like it Las Vegas. Um, Las Vegas is just open for so many possibilities. <laughs> well, here's here's some news that goes along with that. Interestingly, yeah, is that um, the USL did actually say that they are kind of licensing their name for yeah. like product, basically. So, Football manager, baby. Yeah, and you know when I talked to the VP of uh, USL D three. He used to work for EA and he said, he's been talking to him and he said, you know, it, it is a possibility in the future. It's not something they're like actively pushing for right now, but he said it's possible yeah. and that, that's a step toward it. So I would start openly weeping if that happened, you know, like, let me, let me really play cool. James Chambers and ultimate team and I'll lose oh my, my shit every week. Same. <laughs> All right. Great. Uh, um, okay. Yeah, uh, go for uh, it. I, I just I'll, I'll get my thoughts out because we all had a very deep conversation in the Slack channel. Um, I don't have a problem with them rebranding the name of the leagues because obviously at this point you have USL, USL D3, USL PDL. And at mm-hmm. this point you actually kind of need a Venn diagram to really explain to yes. you know a casual fan where each league matches up and everything else. The problem I have is if if we're going with this championship league one, mm-hmm. league two, you know, name, for lack of a better term at this point, I just have a problem because it kind of touches on two things. A, inherently, I hate – I'm like in that mixture where I want the sport in the United States to embrace, obviously, the European roots it has, mm. but I also don't want it to blatantly cater to it. And I feel like embracing the championship league one, league two names would do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also feel like most people associate more, most like European, maybe even United States soccer casual fans would associate championship league one, league two with a pro rail system. And if you're doing that, but not it, and I'm, I'm, we could spend all night talking about a pro rel system right. in the United States, but right. if you're going to change the league names that are, you know, more commonly associated with pro rel and then not instituting some kind of system, it kind of feels like you're just really shining up a car that doesn't really run that well. And it doesn't mm. look that good, but you're like, look, it's new paint. Mm. Right, right. So <laughs> I, that's kind of where I stand. I'm okay with the rebranding. Because I feel like, especially in the Indianapolis market, where uh, there has not been much coverage of the team in local media at all this year, even with them moving to Lucas Oil Stadium and joining a new league, basically after they joined the new league, there's not been anybody mentioning them local media-wise. I I get it from that standpoint, but I just feel like they're kind of catering to an audience that's going to kind of see through their you know, weak attempts at it. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm I'm trying to too much to have a big hot take, but I don't know. It just seems like they're not doing 
enough. As we're commenting on the chat, your your eyes are really genuine when you when you speak, Brian. It's really good to watch here on this video. It's nice. But uh no, I mean, I think you are being genuine. I don't think that's a hot take, but um, you know, I think it's really easy to hate everything someone brings up. Um, and then if yeah. you try to create something, it's really impossible to kind of beat it. And, and we were talking about that in the chat today, where if not this, then what? I mean, I think the best argument was just give it a one, two, and a three. You know, I think that would be fine. But but my argument against that would be that we're like doing our best to not look like a minor league. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we do not want to be called minor league soccer. We don't want to be compared to that, that business that goes on in other sports because it's different in soccer. It's a worldwide thing. And we've all gone into that, but we also, I understand that we don't want to necessarily just copy and, you know, try to make ourselves look like something that we're not. And so I get that too, but this is just almost like, to me, it just seems like, well, this is just like an automatic, common soccer branding that everyone will use and all everyone will recognize and instead of trying to recreate something that everyone will absolutely hate um you know like pen fc or something uh, um you know let's let's use something that's just a standard you know it's we're not going to create you know stick with the standard system we're going to use the metric system that everyone else uses um we're not going to create a bold name Hey, there you go. That he was a better it. one, guys. That was guys. That was funny because there's a team in Austin that's going to be called Austin Bulldogs. See, I don't know if you saw it. I don't know if you saw it. Um, Full of hate. Today. Real quick, on on my end, and then if, if Ryan or Kevin have anything, you know, they can go for it, and then I kind of want to move on just because it's we could be here for literally days talking about <laughs> names and and formats and all that stuff. Um, Mark Murray in the chat with a with a good point but i think i can maybe reason or rationalize why it might be the case he says uh talking about pdl it just seems weird to bring them even closer in branding while still keeping it separate and i agree um you know I, on a lot of pdl branded things they make sure that it says pdl and not usl pdl in fact i think for some people they don't even know that pdl is a usl affiliate uh, maybe if you just look at you know PDL's website, you're not really aware of it. What I'll say is, I think USL is putting themselves in a really good spot to implement that um, thing that there's a lot of people that are very fervish about doing. Um, but at the same time, I don't think you can put that in any time before like three years from now just because you need to make sure that all of your leagues are stable and all of them work and all that fun stuff. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think this is entirely uh, planning for the future. Yeah. So play the long con. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> then they're going to take away all the leagues and there's going to be nothing left. And MLS will be the only thing left standing and you'll really, you'll really get it then. Ha <laughs> ha. Snap into the slim. And then we'll have to be Savage. Oh, you're going to take away USL entirely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So were they planning for the future? Um, I think it, I, I personally like it. I don't mind at all if it's going to be called the championship league one league two um, part of it building for the future, just to kind of like, like you said, make sure the leagues are stable part of it. It really, they're, they're definitely not going to bring pro rail anytime soon. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
we're probably thinking four or five seasons in the future at the best case scenario. Yep. But this leaves that open. I mean, the USL has not been as anti-pro-rail as MLS. They've been like, well, you know, if it works out or if we can make it work out. Mm-hmm. So, so you know that as they go through all this stuff, it's always in the back of their mind, are we doing something that allows us to, down the road, institute uh, pro-rail? Mm-hmm. And this is something that would allow them to do that down the road. And again, as long as they get everything stable, as long as everything works out, and, you know, Brian had Soccer and Sweet Tea, you know, picked out that these guys trademarked this stuff almost uh, well over a year ago or almost a year ago. Almost a year ago. Yeah. And so it's something that they've had planning for a long time. They so could, they can use it without having to pay for it again. Probably. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they could sit on it for longer if they wanted to, I'm sure. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's just whatever, whatever reason they decided to, to, in, to do that now – it's just something to do now, and and they've got this plan. I'm sure they've got a plan. I'm sure down the road. Yeah. So, I don't know. It works for me. I think a lot of people are going to be vocal, either like, "Oh, well, why aren't they bringing in pro rail?" Or they're going to be like, yeah. "I hate it." But I think a, a majority of people are going to be like, "Eh, whatever," and going something that is, uh, you know, generally accepted, or, you know, around the world in a sports level. It, it might gain more fans on a casual level. And I think that's what they're aiming for. You understand what it is right away, right? Like you just exactly. get it. Yeah. You know, no one has to be like, well, you know, it's USL and then D three and it's because division three and that's like lower than like, I think it takes a lot of explaining the U S soccer pyramid. If you just keep it D two, D three. Whereas if you go championship league, one league two, a lot of people, you know, in the world get what that is uh, because off the top of my head four or five countries, six countries, like uh, most of the major European leagues use some form of league one, league two. Yep. England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, Northern Ireland, at least the Northern that- Ireland, the, the hotbed of soccer, <laughs> <laughs> at least the nations that people majority follow. It's undeniable well, that England is one of the more, is one of the pop, most popular leagues over in Europe. But I would uh, say mainland, hey, this is, what about mainland Europe? You're mentioning everything on the island. What about mainland yeah, Europe? Yeah, Ryan, I love you so much because <laughs> you completely went I was I was setting someone up to be like Spain and Germany and France and you know well, Spain uh, does La Liga two, La Liga three, Italy does Syria and Serie B. Like let it, me name every United Kingdom country. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we're gonna go with, if we're gonna go with names, why don't we name all the leagues after Fast and Furious movies? Yeah, Ryan, you you compiled a list. I added a little bit to it, yes. but please, would you would you like to unveil some of these oh, names, which, which, which the are free, which are free to the league? I know they have time if they are rebranding and they want to steal some of these. Just you know, let us know ahead of time, and we'll be fine with it. So, Ryan, please go on. You could have the top one be USL. The mm. second one be two United Two Soccer League. USL Tokyo Drift. My favorite. United and Soccer. <laughs> United Five. USL Six. Soccer Seven. Fate of the United Soccer League. If they wanted to go in a different direction, they could do USL Origins Wolverine. Mm. <laughs> Is that just the Tommy Heineman story? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, uh, Ryan! Please say the next one, please. Tokyo Drift. Which, the Captain America naming style. Uh, no, the alternative names, uh, you missed the, the, um, <laughs> re- reference that I don't want to spoil cause it's really good. 
D2, the mighty USL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my vote. I change everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, guys, a couple I added. Uh, USL 2000, the League of the Future. Um, USL Part 4, the final chapter. Uh, USL 3, Dream Warriors. USL U2O. Um, another one that's just kind of abstract, you sure, Larry, uh, usurp surprise lemurs and, uh, USL, a soccer time odyssey as well. If the NASL ever or gets back started, they could do in it. NASL, the winter schedule. Mm. <laughs> that's, really that's, that's really, that's the deepest reference I think we've had on the show. Oh, that was good. That was very good guys. Want to talk some Vegas? Why not? We always talk Vegas. It's our favorite thing to do. Uh, Chalice literally actually did quit. So credit to him for backing up what he said last week. And uh, going out there. I just figured and, uh, he literally quit. He, well, they mutually parted ways. Yeah, he wasn't just talking. He said no, he wanted he, uh, to quit. And then now, he quit. To be fair, he waited an extra day. But yeah, he, he was, did. in fact, you know. Because I think he not interested. In- he said he was going to quit last Monday, and then we had our show, and then the next day the announcement came out. Right? I think that's how yeah, it happened. So. <laughs> you know that the, the really time good. difference between him saying I'm going to quit and then the announcement is the time it takes a, a team's media like person to write up yep. a story and <laughs> an announcement. Like that's Four how long. Hours. It <laughs> when you're tr- because as someone like as a media coordinator of a team you have to spin everything in your favor and something like this is like mm. okay how, how do i make it sound like it, we mutually mutually parted ways when he literally told like the the the, the broadcast to f off to f us off or whatever he that's said. true yeah it's like there's gonna yeah. be not only do you have to a sleep eight hours but then you've got to sit there for six more hours and go well how the <laughs> hell do i write this out and submit it to the league oh my god my job is so hard that's in their usl contract when they sign on to be team coordinators is they have to sleep for eight hours (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't sound right (laughs) Uh, yeah it doesn't moving on um chattanooga red wolves is the name of the chattanooga team in d3 i love this ish and i hope their logo is really fire because i want a scarf (laughs) could it be a wolverhampton kind of Riff. I'd be I'd be, that'd be very okay with that actually. Like a like a red a great shade of Wol- of Wolverhampton. That'd be cool. Huh. But like they yeah. f it up, and instead of a black animal indicating a wolf, it's a, like a red one as a fox. Did I miss it? Was that one of the options you can vote on? It was, and a lot of people did apparently, wow. or they fixed it so that that won. But who knows? Who knows? For me, Chattanooga Express would have been my pick, or Same. the Chattanooga. They had the Chattanooga Iron Horses, but I think Tony would have fought for copyright. (laughs) (laughs) I am still extremely pissed off that no soccer team in the state of Tennessee is going (laughs) to brand themselves just like Penn did and just go 10 soccer club. Their logo could just be the number 10. Oh, my God. How brilliant. Then your your soccer club, is your logo is the 10, and your team. Roman numeral X would be really hot. 10 Ooh, that would be a good derby too. That'd be perfect. Between and then they can be called like straight edge FC or something. And they have to get a red card every game. <laughs> nah, dude, they're clean. They're better than you. <laughs> they just no have to cards. play with 10 men. 10 men. Everyone has to get... Oh, okay, I like it. All right, thanks. I like it now. I was worried you didn't I get it. it. I had to... Oh, you're great. You're great. I'm back. <laughs> Never mind, Phil. Never mind. Oh, man. Hey, uh, games happened this week. Games usually do. 
That's true. That's true. A lot of times. A lot of times. Or else we'd just be talking into the void and no right. one would care. <laughs> That's why we're here. <laughs> Except we're yeah. That's fair. Yeah, it's very true. Speaking of, uh, Nashville 1, Tampa Bay 2. Tampa Bay 1. Nashville should have tied this. Oh, Ryan, can't, uh, or was it Pony? Someone said that Tampa can make it and they kind of explained it. Do you know the business behind that, Ryan? I'm, I know Tampa hasn't been mathematically eliminated and as of yet, there have only been two teams in the Eastern Conference that have been eliminated, Richmond and Toronto, who are technically also being relegated. That's <laughs> true. But so, yeah, Tampa is still mathematically able. They're sitting in 10th place with 40 points, and they have four games left. So at max, they get 52 points, which Charleston's at 50. So it's not out of the question. Do you have the games that are left in front of you? Because I think they have like pretty good opportunities to win who is left. Uh, on the road at Indy, at Atlanta United 2, final home match of the year against Charlotte, and, and then uh, on the road at Bethlehem to close out the season on the final day. Mm. That's at least six points I'm seeing. Yeah, that's not easy, though. That's not all easy. No, they would need help, too. They definitely need help. It, at minimum, they get three points out of Atlanta and then a draw out of Charlotte. Um. But they're not dead, which is crazy. I really, I kind of gave up on them about a month. Yeah, we uh, we all wrote them off, right? Yeah, so that's good for At them if they make it. Yeah, so, good. I mean, they were our consensus pick to be most disappointing side of the season. I think they still can be if they make the playoffs, even. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with that. Yeah. Also, uh, congratulations to Leo Fernandez got engaged. Oh, yeah. Good dude or a good player. Yeah. I don't know him. I'm a good dude. Um, hey, speaking of teams that don't need help, Louisville 3, Penn FC 0. Uh, Paolo DiPiccolo, Niall McCabe, and Luke Spencer hits a penalty kick in the 90th. Um, Patrick McMahon gets sent off in the 73rd. Um, and Penn starts that or continues that really long homestand they have with the not unexpected but disappointing loss. Do you guys notice that like Lancaster and Spencer... like? Lancaster will typically score one, and then Spencer probably scores every other game on top of that, and they he yes. subs in for him almost every time. It's so cool. I love it. It's a good system to have up in Louisville. Yeah, and yeah. it makes you wonder, like, They clinch what? yet? Did they clinch oh. later this week? Hmm. Yeah, they've, they've clinched yeah. as well. Okay, then Cincinnati cool. the only clincher or teams that have clinched in the East, I believe. Cincinnati has actually racked up the number one seed. Yep. Charleston won Charlotte one. Nick minute Jorge Herrera in the 69th on a penalty kick. Um, should have been 2-1 or 2 nothing in the first half. Ian's Fantessen misses a penalty kick, which for a guy that scored as many goals as he had, that's a shocker. Um, but uh, yeah, this is the rescheduled match due to the hurricane. Um and both teams will split a point. Cool. I'm going to keep working. Tulsa won Sacramento four. Um, Nemanja Vukovic in the 62nd gets the goal for Tulsa. Sacramento score off of uh, Elliot Horde in the 20th. Hayden Partain. I always called him Hayden Panettiere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> scores twice in the 54th and the 80th. And Kamalasa scores in the 68th. Um, Tulsa lead in possession, but that doesn't mean a whole lot when you lose four to one. Um, only five fouls for Sacramento all night. Uh, you know, a really solid win for a team that uh, also clinched off of their second game of this week, right? So, um, Sac Republic keeping things going. 
strong second half of the season for them, right? Yeah, just chugging along. Yeah. Cool. Moving on. Sport Park 2, San Antonio nil. Um, SAFC is having some issues. Still. Haji Berry in the 51st. Tyler Blackwood in the 75th. Um, yeah. So. I think this was Haji's keeping it going. I think it was eight, eight goals in eight games, right? Sounds right, yeah. yeah. I mean, looking on San Antonio, they've now lost three in a row after their second match this week. And prior to that, they beat Real Monarchs 2-1 and Phoenix Rising 3-2. And currently, they now currently sit in ninth of the Western Conference, three points behind Reno, six behind St. Louis. I mean, San Antonio fans, it was... It, you just feel bad for them. You feel a little crushed because they can show such potential and then they mm-hmm. can just get ruined, you know, let themselves get yeah. ruined. And it's hard to watch. And I feel bad for the San Antonio fans because I feel like San Antonio is such a cool, cool club. You know, one of those independent clubs that, you know, you feel like they're putting a lot mm-hmm. into it. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel bad for them. But at this point, I, you know, they win four or five and then they lose three or four and it doesn't really seem to matter who they play whether they win or loss, it seems in their head. And um, yeah, you almost feel like after this week, and we're going to talk about it more that perhaps they're done. Perhaps they're not going to make it. Yeah. Orange Academy five real monarchs two. I would like to say ever since I mentioned Noah powder being an ex red bull two, he scored every week. No, no, it was me mentioning that movie. That was what it was. It was, it's true. (laughs) It was you mentioning the movie powder. Um, Yeah. So Aiden Quinn gets two, 36 and 80th, uh, 80th minute goals, penalty kick. Noah Power scores power. He has a lot of power. Noah Powder in the 37th minute, Christian Duke in the 77th, Thomas Enavoldson in the 88th. Um, Monarchs goals, Kalen Wright in seventh minute, Justin Portillo 63rd. Uh, and guys, we did a little digging. Um, Real Monarchs are just a bad second half team. Yep. Second Which half is fascinating. Second, half of, second half of the season. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Um, yeah, we talk about how hot they, you know, they are at the beginning of the year, and we also talk about you know getting hot at the right time. This is like the reverse of doing that well, where they they start out really good, but they kind of you know tail off in the second half of the season, which is not normally how you're supposed to do that. So I well, I obviously don't follow the West Western conference as much as I do the Eastern conference. How much of this is on the field and how much of this is mental? Cause I know a lot of people have been talking on Twitter that it might be more of just how much has gone on off mm-hmm, the field mm-hmm. that has affected the product on the field. Um, well, the way it went down was Matthew yeah. bird had that, that comment where he said, it's funny. I did ask people for hot takes. That was yeah. uh, the hottest yeah, and I mean, he was just throwing a hot take out there, and yeah. it kind of blew my mind. I was the one that kind of freaked out the most about it. Um, but it was, I forgot the coach's name, but Mark Briggs. Yeah, Mark Briggs. Mark Briggs, thank you. So there was the affair within the system, right? Is yeah. that exactly what happened? And so when that happened, he was kind of told to go on hiatus or something. So he was gone at that point. But the date they started losing was like the date he was officially let go. But there was that hiatus before. So I was freaking out that he was like dead on after we looked at a bunch of the facts. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, they've been pretty much losing ever since he left or was let go officially. 
but so, he wasn't there either. So yeah, it, it yeah, kind of right. got blown up in our faces, but I think it's still a conversation. Like that could be a part of it. could be making it worse. And you don't want to put that much importance on, you know, what, what happened with Briggs. Um, partly because I'm okay with just letting him live the rest of his life in relative obscurity or whatever. Um, and, and partly because, you know, it's still the same group of players. It's still the same, you know, talent pool. I think the guy that coaches them now was an assistant there at the beginning of the year anyway. So it's not like it's this radical, you know, scheme change or whatever. Um, a part of me wonders if they, you know, saw how well they were doing the first half of the season, saw what they've done the last couple of years in the playoffs and everything. And, you know, they, they won the whole, um, the whole cup uh, a year or two ago. Um, and I just wonder if they went, all right, we can just kind of put it in cruise control, you know, and, and now they see all these teams that are, that are really putting it on like Phoenix and orange County. And, um, you know, they're going, no, wait a minute. We might have to like try now. Um, so I, I do wonder, I don't think it's, it's related to the whole Briggs ordeal. And, and obviously those, those charges getting dropped and him being dismissed and all that, um, you know, intricate stuff because at the end of the day, those guys are still soccer players. And I think we know that regardless of what's going on outside of soccer field, you know, those players and that team are still going to, you know, put in their shift as they normally would for 90 minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think there is something to be said for, you know, some of the distractions that have happened around RSL this, this season. Here's here's my take sure. um, on the mentality of, of soccer players. I, I'm not a, I'm not a soccer player, so I don't want to speak directly to that. Or a psychologist. Well, <laughs> anywho, so <laughs> mentality in the yeah. game. I don't think it, yes, it can be it can be uh, uh, affected a little tiny bit about uh, outside stuff. But these guys are professionals. I think more what happens when you get into these slides or you get on a winning streak is that you start to believe what you see on this, what you see on, on the scoreboard. You're like, mm. oh, oh man, we gave up a goals again. This, the same thing's going to happen this time. Mm-hmm. And, and it's more about not the mentality as a team overall, but the mentality as a team on the field. So you start getting into a losing slide. It's like, well, and then you, you give up a couple goals, stuff happens in the field and, and they just kind of fall apart that way. They don't necessarily. And then of course, you know, you get another, another loss and another loss and a, maybe a draw where you gave up a, goal, a late goal, another loss. And it just kind of snowballs and they start thinking, Oh man, we, how do we win? You know, what do we do? Mm. And if, at that point, if you get to that point, what do we do? How do we win? If you don't have a good leader stepping up or a good coach, then it's very difficult to get out of that slide. So yes, it's a little bit about the outside stuff, what's going on around the team. But I think most of it, as far as mentality goes, it's kind of what's going on in the team and what's going Mm -hmm. on, how the results are affecting their belief in their ability to, you know, get back on the top. Because this is a team that we were like, they'll be top of the West. And, and, And here we are three, four games away from the end of the season, and they might slide into a, uh, away Mm. Like a, a, oh, a yeah, waste uh, slot for playoffs. Yeah, easily could. Might... <clears throat> so uh, yeah, with the way they're going, they may just drop to fifth, maybe even sixth. Yeah. yeah. And then, and all of a sudden, your first game's not at home as the first seed. Your game's on the road as fifth or sixth seed. So it's uh, it's it's very interesting how these things can change so quickly and how they can kind of continue to build. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Just to throw out some stats yep. there in the first half of the season of the first 17 games, Real Monarchs won 12 of them. And then in, since the start of the second half of the season, which was July 7th, they've only won five and amassed 17 points in that time. Crazy. Um, innocuous start to Atlanta United 2 in North Carolina FC. Alessandro Castro scores in the eighth minute for Atlanta after uh, Ulrich Awolo scores in the third minute for North Carolina. Then he scores three more and gets four. Uh, he scores in the third minute, the 16th minute, the 33rd minute, and the 89th minute. Kyle Becker adds one in the 29th, my favorite Canadian. And Zach Steinberger, um, Brian, uh, dude, what he keeps scoring. 42nd minute. And North Carolina take a 6-1 victory from uh, ATL UTD2. Great. Moving on. Oh, I just wanted um, to say... Yeah, go for it. No, sorry, but I paused too long there. But, um, no, you're right. Uh, you know, Atlanta United 2... Yeah. I don't know how Toronto and the kickers are below them. I, they just look so bad and perhaps, you know, attacking talent. But I mean, in this game, they were trying to pass it out of the back and Iwolo just like kept robbing them of their lunch. I mean, he just kept going down there and taking the ball from them. Um, I think they had their right center back it was just, he just kept getting himself stuck in bad situations and couldn't get out of them. It was ugly. So, yeah. yeah, again, this is like every time, maybe it's just the games I watch, but every time I watch ATL, UTD2, they look like Academy kids trying to play adults, which is kind of what they are. I would be okay with Zach Steinberger coming back whenever. Just You can ship him back, North Carolina. <laughs> when whenever he wants Zach, if you're, if you're out there, man, just you know, come on back. No, I've, I've tweeted to him multiple times. I'm That's, like, you're not allowed to leave us next year. Like, ooh. You have to come back. And we're putting you under lock and key, no matter how much uh, uh, Rennie wants to play you out of position. Yeah, My see, life. that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say you're gonna take him back, and then you're gonna misuse him some more. Center um, back Zach Steinberger. Yeah, <laughs> I want to. I want to speak to what Phil said. I I agree with like it's kind of shocking how Atlanta United two are better than Richmond and Toronto because <laughs> when they lose, they seem to they seem to play pretty badly. But they're still not mathematically eliminated, which is it's very true. Because they have six games left. Yeah. Like they're gonna be playing two games a week the next three weeks until the mm-hmm. season's over. All of those six games are at home too. The most notable ones <laughs> coming up against Nashville, Louisville, Charleston, and Pittsburgh. Lost, 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 lost. They don't they even have better goal differential than kickers in Toronto. I mean That's fascinating. Fans, they have the worst at minus forty two. Minus forty two goal differential for Richmond. Oh my god. ATL UTD two did beat Toronto in both occurrences that they played. Once was 5-4 back in May, and the other one was more recently 2-1 on August 31st. The, yep. When they played Richmond on July 21st, they drew 1-1. And they, or at least ATL UT2 has a pedigree of beating at least some teams. Mm-hmm. They beat the New York Red Bulls, too, on the start of the season, and they've beaten Bethlehem before. They did. That's when they played all their MLS guys. NFC was the only non-MLS2 team they, they've beaten. There's something to that, I think. Mm. Yep. I think they like to drop their MLS guys to play MLS two sides because they know they're going to get the same treatment. I like that, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm all right with that. Yeah. Speaking of uh, MLS two sides and playing children, Bethlehem Steel FC four, Toronto FC two, nil. That uh, th- thank I, you. I appreciated thank that. You. Nobody uh, else is going to acknowledge that, but I, I appreciated that. Hey, no problem. Uh, some interesting, some, some fun facts here, uh, and, and I tweeted them at Speak Up and Speak, by the way. Kish runner. Um, Bethlehem's average age, which 
by the way, if you like replace uh, Aronson or Fontana with like Drew Scundrich or something, it immediately actually goes above Toronto's. But Bethlehem's average age was 21.7. Um, so happy birthday. Uh, and then Toronto FC's average age for this one was 23-something. So Bethlehem still go younger than Toronto, and uh, they get a really nice second-minute goal from Ferris. They get a nice 48th-minute goal from uh, Michi Galina. James Chambers converts a penalty, and then Chris Nanko's on the field for 25 seconds and decides to score. <laughs> it's a solid win. It's a win they needed. And uh, they'll get a little bit stiffer competition in Ottawa next week who don't have two of their big players which was not great for them. But, uh, yeah. Evan, can That's... you uh, nerd out on, on Aronson and uh, more oh for me? I want to hear The only the... thing... Oh, he's so good. Um, so, here, I'll, I'll explain Talk this. Talk about to... their positioning. That's what I want yeah, to Yeah, so I like this a lot. Um, so when he was in the academy, uh, Anthony Fontana, who's the kid they signed before Aronson, he wears number 21, and he actually wears number 21 because he's on a first-team deal. Um, Fontana is an eight or a six, depending like he, he likes to be one of their holding midfielders. Um, but when they signed him to the first team, whenever he played in Bethlehem, he was at the 10, which is fine. And he did all right. Cause he has decent footwork, but he's not a 10. Um, and then they went and signed Aronson or, you know, the steel played him like 17 times this year. And he's naturally a 10. So what that did was that let Aronson come in and play 10. Fontana dropped back next to Chambers. And this is what happens. Because it takes pressure off of Anthony to learn a new position. And Brendan comes in. And I'm convinced Brendan, James, and Anthony can make pretty much whatever pass you want them to to anybody on the field. And it makes me happy. It's like that classic central midfield of a six and eight and a yeah. ten, you know. It's and what's really fun is Derek Jones is doing pretty well for the first team, not to get super tangenty about like we have so many children and this is gonna be really fun. Um, but like Derek looks really good too, and he's only played like three games this year for the first team. So like <laughs> it's three kids that play midfield triangle perfectly. That's cool. Oh, it's going to be fun. Got anyway, some good win from, from Bethlehem. Uh, They're not out of the woods yet. Uh, Brendan Burke thinks they need another win to get into the playoffs, and I'm inclined to agree with them. So between Ottawa, Indy, and Tampa, um, and I couldn't tell you which three of those games I think is going to be the one that decides it, but that away trip in Ottawa would be really nice to get at least a point out of. Yeah, that's the one you want, right? I mean, I want all three of them. Well, but. that's the one you don't want to lose, maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the one you don't want to come away empty-handed right. with, I don't think. Right. I don't know. Anyway, Charlotte won New York Red Bulls 2-1, meaning the Baby Bulls scored once. Uh, Greg Jordan gets one for Charlotte. Anatola Bong, who's like just randomly shown up the last couple weeks and is scoring, scored for New York. Um, just doesn't do a whole lot of good for either team, unfortunately. But Charlotte looked better. It's hard to talk about Charlotte to me. It is. Well, just because it's kind of sad. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, oh, Brian, you're here. Um, do, do, you, do you want me to just kind of skip it, or can we talk about it? <laughs> here, I'll just, I'll just say it. Pittsburgh 3, uh, Indy 11-2. I... Yeah. It's a difficult game for me to watch because I'm torn between understanding what tactically Martin Rennie wants to do because when he got hired... Um, everybody went and did their research and pretty much found out when he was in Vancouver, 
Um, he really, really likes his 4-3-3, and he really, really likes his central defensive midfielders, mm. um, which is why Steinberger got shipped over to North Carolina, was he was an attacking midfielder who he tried to make him play as a central defending midfielder and found out when you can score goals, you're not very good at stopping them. Mm. Um, so I'm trying to understand. I'm, I'm never going to you know, be a professional coach of any level. Yeah. Um, but my, as a sports fan in any, any sport that I'm a fan of, I tend to believe a roster building philosophy of either you build a roster to fit a system or you build a system to fit the roster you have. And I feel like, and, and I've given this, I've given, you know, Rennie and this team enough patience but I feel like one of the big issues that Indy had was since they had such a short window to build their roster, they just tried to get as many good players as possible. And he's mm. trying to play a system that does not fit the players he has. So this heavy central defensive midfielder dealio he wants to have where uh, it's they're listing it every time they post the lineups as a four, three, three, it's a four, three, two, one, mm. um, I feel like it just doesn't provide enough width, which teams tend to attack. Um, I looked at a lot of the stats for this game, and Pittsburgh had a lot of their touches and their possession on the wings. Mm. So I feel like that was a key point that they consistently miss. This was also a very weird game because Indy, uh, most of their successful games, they've actually had under 40% possession, and they had over 40% possession. I can't speak. Um, for this game. So it's just, I feel like Indy is at this weird impasse where they're trying to play a system that they don't have the manpower for. Mm. Don't, don't say that central defenders like defensive midfielders can't score because Pittsburgh's uh, Ben Zemanski scored. Yeah. His well, first goal for the rounds. Kevin. So, <laughs> Hey, I, I'm just, I'm looking at who scored and I see three people used to play for the Timbers, Zemanski, Brett, McInerney. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this, what was this like a, like a training field game or something from the Timbers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's, it's frustrating. And it's been, I, I don't know if I would be as frustrated if I didn't see Zach Steinberger get shipped over to North Carolina and score yeah. two to three times like the amount of goals he has all year when he's been able to actually play in a role that he is naturally more inclined. I remember when Steinberger got loaned in from uh, the Houston Dynamo, um, when he originally got loaned into Indy, when Indy was still in the NASL. And I saw him and I thought he was a very raw attacking midfielder and he has gotten tremendously better. And I feel like if he had, especially the Penn FC game where uh, they pulled mares onto the bench, you slot Steinberger right in there and he plays the same role. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's, it's very confusing to me. And I don't know if it would be as confusing if Steinberger was still on the team, but it's very confusing to me when you have a player that's scoring goals and you're failing to beat teams and not score as many goals. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a hard, it's um, a hard thing to, to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I, which is especially compounded by, and I, I really don't think this happens a whole lot, that your team's struggling to score. You loan a guy on your team to a conference rival, and then he goes off. 
Like it would be one thing if if you loan Steinberger out and he's scoring goals in MLS or or whatever, but he's like you know a couple hours away and just bagging them. I I said this on Twitter and it might be like the pessimistic mm-hmm. aspect of what I'm feeling right now, but I'm looking at these last four games and I'm trying to write something for at VGN written hashtag self promotion. Yeah. Uh, um, check those guys out uslnews.com. But I'm trying to write something right now where I kind of break down the last four games of what I realistically see as points that Indy Mm -hmm. can get. And it might be the pessimistic side of me, but part of me, just seeing how many teams are surging underneath them, part of me wouldn't really be shocked if (laughs) because they have if they lose the remaining games. You got Tampa that's, you know, playing competent. Again, mm-hmm. uh, you got Louisville at the end of the year. You got yep. FC Cincinnati, which will surely be a loss. Mm-hmm. And you got the Steel, which should be a competitive game. And they've played competitive yeah. with them all year round. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's going to be a fun one. That's easily a game that they could end up struggling mm-hmm. with. So it's just there as the teams below them are surging up. Indy seems to be coming down at the exact wrong time that you need to be coming down. Yeah. Uh, there's my high horse. I'll get off it now. There you go. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brian. Um, moving on. Uh, FC Cincinnati did something that we have not seen before um, and that I don't think we'll see again. I'll just wait for them to type in the joke and send it to us here. Okay. Um, they wrapped up the Eastern Conference and uh, they wrapped up the USL regular season title. Um, a little bit odd of a result only because they were down for half an hour plus. Um, and then Emmanuel Ledesma apparently has heard me saying, well, you know, if he scored more, maybe I'd vote for him as MVP and said, I got a goal. And then uh, Corbin bone continues to be incredibly hot uh, as far as goal scoring goes. Um, NFC Cincinnati, take the three points, take the, uh, the first place in the Eastern conference and take the, uh, the USL shield. Which is real. Yeah, they do give that away. They do have a shield. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they'll uh, if they if they if they make it to the final, they will have uh, they'll have home field. There you go. It's not so. in the clear yet. If they if Cincinnati loses their remaining games and Orange County went out, they can still tie Cincinnati for or basically points at sixty nine and have the same number of wins. <laughs> nice. Hey So then it's goal differential. Something to hope for. So it's probably Orange County is only behind by two. So obviously Cincinnati will probably get at least one more win in their final four games because the next game is coming up against Richmond. They're not going to lose that one. But the title has not been clinched as of yet. Yeah, Orange County has got a goal differential of 29 to Cincinnati's goal differential of 32. So they're close. Yeah, I mean, at the point... I mean, it's going to happen. It, at the, we're just currently delaying the inevitable. Fair enough. We like doing that here. Um, hey, speaking of delaying the inevitable, have you waited too long to buy cleats for your indoor league mm-hmm. or maybe your outdoor league? Or have you maybe procrastinated on buying that Lucas Torreira uh, Arsenal kit? Don't worry about it. Our friends at Soccer Loco can hook you up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break from, from the ad read for a second and just say that was the best ad read I've ever done. Um, that was good. 10 out of 10 yeah. would listen okay, again. Great. great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so what you're going to do is you're going to go to our website, usflshow.com. You're going to click on the blue box. It's gray if you're colorblind. It says soccer loco. And you're going to go there and you are going to buy whatever you need. That's soccer related. Don't go looking for 
hoagies or um i don't know a vacuum cleaner um unless i'm in for a huge surprise somehow uh and and buy whatever you need for soccer and uh, and our dear friends over at soccer loco will get it to you so there you go uh anyway speaking of not losing the richmond tampa bay didn't do it uh, Hunter Gorski scores the goal in the 40th in the 57th and uh, Junior Fleming's in the 90th. Um, yeah, expected result. Yep. And they got it, which hasn't been the case for Tampa Bay until recently, but they figured it out. Um, go listen to Unused Subs for that one. There you go. Bang. There's your plug. That's, Maybe. Yeah, that's my usual go-to for yeah. staying up to date with Tampa. You yeah. know, if you think or about you just, it... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say, even if you just want to listen to a better podcast, go find Dan and Matt. <laughs> they they have the uh, those cool Dan happenings all the time. They do. Poor guy. And Dan's self-deprecation is probably the funniest of everyone. It's my favorite. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite. Best. Yeah. He also vaguely looks like Jack Antonoff, if anyone's wondering. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but what I was going to say, though, is mm-hmm. if you think about it, you know, T- Tampa Bay kind of got, the Rowdies kind of got a new uh, roster about halfway through the, the season. Yeah. So this is kind of like adding players. Yeah. So you know, like lost some major ones, and you know, now like you think about it, this is kind of like if fun. they started over, then this is kind of like their mid-season form point. So yeah. <laughs> maybe they're just now figuring it out, and it's starting to click, and maybe it's good from now on for the rest. That'd be of the amazing. Season. It would be. be weird. It'd be weird. Like, what if they uh, go? They're actually the just playoffs? figuring out how to understand their coaching staff, who are basically all Irish. <laughs> uh. Speaking of expected wins, um, I'm sure a lot of people that were um, watching this next match nervously, waiting to see what the table would look like, were a little worried after 45 uh, minutes or getting in the stoppage time when Ottawa held Louisville scoreless. And then George Davis IV and Cam Lancaster decided, no, we're all right, and scored two in stoppage time of the first half, uh, which was followed by Alex Salahi and Cam Lancaster getting a second. Um, didn't help that Ottawa or didn't help Ottawa. They ended with, uh, what is that? Nine men. Um, Nana Atacora gets a uh, red in the 39th. Kevin Oliveira in the 58th. Those are two guys you don't want out. If you're Ottawa, those are two very good players for them that they will not have, uh, for their next match at home against Bethlehem, which might be a problem. Um, yeah. That's I mean, not that we were, you know, worried about Louisville losing this game, but, uh, they got some help and they won. Good for Bethlehem. Those are two, Phil, like you said. Yeah, like good for Bethlehem. That's those are like you said. Those are cool. two ba- major players. You guys are going to be in good shape. I lost you there, friend. I'm sorry. Oh man, I'm sorry. Don't worry no, about it. Right. Let's just move okay. on to that cool. Colorado one. Moving on, Colorado Springs one, Phoenix two. Um, good result for Rising away, especially um, Joe Farrell and and uh, Kevin Kavon. Sorry, <laughs> Lambert, uh, 22nd, 43rd minute for rising. Saeed Robinson in the 66th. Thank you. Um, for Colorado, uh, good win for Phoenix. They get some points. Spell your name right. Yeah. Oh, come on. What oh. if he's like, hey, hold on. Avon sounds more fancy anyway. You sound more fancy. <laughs> Thank you. Hey. <laughs> hey. The fanciest of American accents. Indianapolis. Also, go. he's from uh, he's from Jamaica, so it is probably Kevon. Anyway, also for 
yeah. the first time in three seasons. This will be the first year that um, the USO Western Conference champion did not lose to Colorado Springs over the course of the regular season. Oh, that's interesting. Why do you find those? Like, <laughs> so, so you're saying my mind. the teams that could potentially clinch the Western Conference title are teams that have not lost to Colorado? I was saying the over the past three seasons of the USO Western Conference, the team it. that won, that got the number one seed, the team that won the Western Conference that year, lost to Colorado Springs. So you're saying o- OC hasn't lost to them, and then Phoenix Rising didn't lose to them. Yeah, and neither team play or has Colorado Springs left on their schedule. Aha, got it. Okay. A little clarification was nice. What and if Real it, Monarchs all of a sudden wins out and somehow... Get, never mind. <laughs> they do Colorado Springs next, but they're, I am not betting on them to win out and take the number one seed back. And Evan, to answer your question on how I f- and that I found a spurious correlation connecting uh, the quality of DCEU movies to Colorado Rapids points total. So, <laughs> stay in school, kids. Hashtag the free time. Hashtag Cavill yeah. out. Drop the seven, carry the four. Not my Superman. Yes. <laughs> Tulsa one, Swope Park one. In uh, we're just gonna go. Um, Joaquin Rivas in the 68th for Tulsa, 44th minute. Haji Berry scores again for Swope Park. Um, yeah, Swope Park aren't gonna be happy with the draw, but it is what it is. No, they should not be happy with that. Speaking of teams not being happy, well, Phil, you'll be happy. San Antonio, not so much, but uh, two goals. Um, for you guys late on, Lewis Hilton gets one in the 79th, Albert Davis in the 90th. How, how you feeling, bud? Feel that game gave me so much confidence. It made me this. That's the happiest I've ever been as a St. Louis fan. Was that night? Wow. I mean, by far, not even close. It was a great night. Mm. I actually had really good attendance. I'm surprised it's not over five thousand. It felt big. It felt electric. And the the good thing about the night was how many times have I talked about St. Louis FC like controlling the game, feeling like they're going to get a goal and they're going to win. They don't get the goal. They give one up late, you know, and lose or draw, you know, that keeps happening to them. And I was getting that feeling until that 79th minute when, um, you know, it wasn't just some scrappy goal. It was good play in the box, uh, for goodness sake. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that game that night. And I think St. Louis, if they keep this streak going, They've beaten some very quality teams this year. They have uh, more more of a chance than I think people realize. Uh, yep. But again, no matter what, the improvement from last year is is yeah. good enough to make me a happy St. Louis fan. So, couple games we're just gonna run down the score on right quick. RGV three, Seattle two uh, nil. Sorry. Uh, so Rio Grande Valley three, uh, S two nil. Um, Nashville one, Charleston one, uh, Reno three, Vic. Vegas three, and uh, Kev, we'll let you talk about the Timbers in Portland or uh... Fresno. Fresno. Yeah, yeah, that one. You guys played a team I, in California. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we play a lot of teams in California. This, That's fair. At, at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, no. It, oh, former Premier League winner Jack Barbie with a penalty kick goal in the eighth minute. Ah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> and he helped you guys clinch a playoff spot. Oh my God, you're gonna win the whole thing. No, we're not. But hey, Sorry. Portland are in the playoffs for the first time ever. And I actually didn't realize 
once we got the draw, like because we gave up the goal literally on the last kick of the game with like mm-hmm. three seconds mm-hmm. left in stoppage yep. time, uh, which that part is disappointing. But I think overall, like a draw on the road, totally acceptable. A draw on the road that gets you in the playoffs for the first time, completely acceptable. So Fresno, they're eliminated, so they can hang their hat on whatever they want to saying, hey, we got ourselves a late last minute goal and saved a point. Great, but they still gave up two penalty kicks within three minutes of each other in the first half, and Portland almost made that uh, last for all three points. I wasn't expecting them to get all three points. I was expecting them to get a draw. Um, particularly in the second half, watching Fresno um, put on the pressure. Mm-hmm. I think I tweeted out, like, I literally do not like seeing Portland teams defend. They just can't. <laughs> they cannot defend. Any Portland team just has a really bad time defending uh, a lead. So I was like, please attack, please attack. Oh, you're not going to attack? All right, well, here we go. Draw it is. Is this where I mentioned the thorns or no? You can, but... All right. doesn't matter. I'm, they I'm, didn't do a great job at defender. No. Yeah, they lost a championship, but let's move on yeah. from that. So, Fair enough. <laughs> I, and that was your women's soccer 30 seconds. <laughs> I know. When, of all three teams in Portland, the yeah. best result of the entire day is a 2-2 draw on the road by the second team, uh, you can kind of see how the weekend went. But That's not great. Yeah. Bright side, Portland in the playoffs. Yay! Yeah. Um, last game of the week I want to talk about... Um, LA Galaxy 2-6, Real Monarchs 1. Guys, um, Efren Alvarez, for sure, is the USL Rookie of the Year. Um, and I don't want to hear anybody's retort to that because there isn't one. Um, he scores thrice, again. Ethan Zubak has won in the 18th minute, Adrian Vera in the 38th, Frank Lopez in the 86th. And uh, Monarchs get one off of Chandler Hoffman. But uh, Monarchs losing 6-1 to LA Galaxy 2 is not not good. It's actually bad. Monarchs gave up 11 goals this week. <laughs> you know what's weird about the Monarchs losing, though, is yeah, that they so. still get like really good sh- opportunities. Like yeah. They can still set up the goals, and Hoffman's just kind of been missing a little more than usual lately. Mm-hmm. I don't know if his brain's in Birmingham right now. But yeah, I was going to say, he might be thinking about next year a little bit, which is fine. Yeah, kind of. It, it can happen, but um, yeah. you know, I think that's part of it, but they still don't look bad. They still look like super dangerous team. You know, When St. Louis drew them a few weeks ago, or a week or two ago, um, I, they were super dangerous. And that was the thing I forgot to... I, I had all these things prepared last time. Is um, I, I can't remember who called the game. It was it was probably Mike Walks because they probably kept... Probably Mike Walks. Yeah, because they kept talking about how they uh, they get down the field and then they cut it back to the late runner. And that yeah. guy, they called it early in the game and they did it five times or more. And the dude was open every time. I mean, it was incredible. They could be scoring more. They just... It's, it's, it's like weird. it's a numbers game, you know? Yeah. Seems like it. Um don't know if we mentioned it. Uh, OKC nil, Sacramento nil. Oh, oh um, hold on. Real, I'm sorry. Can yeah, I yeah, talk about up? that LA Galaxy game? Because the yeah, cool man. thing about it was Efren Alvarez played up top with Zubak. Yeah. So they played a 4-2 instead of a 4-2-3-1 with the two of those those two guys working together. And they you could tell they, it was a fresh thing because they were really talking a lot about what they would do in the first half. And obviously it paid off and they, and they did yeah. really well. But um, Efren Alvarez as a, as a striking partner... With Zubac, yeah. I mean, those two attacking together was pretty dangerous. 
it's fun. And I'm sure part of the loss too was that no one has seen them do that before, and it worked so well that you know they didn't have tape on that. So yeah, yeah. another thing to watch where uh, where Alvarez lines up. Sorry. All good. Before we get out of here, um, running over the teams that have clinched and teams that have been eliminated. Teams that have clinched playoff spots in the East. Cincinnati is your number one seed. Louisville City is also clinched in some capacity. Uh, teams that are eliminated and Toronto FC two, like we said, no surprises. I think in either end there for the Eastern Conference, Western Conference teams that are already in. Here we go: Orange County, Phoenix, Real Monarchs, Timbers two, Sac Republic. Also, do we think Real Monarchs are sliding a little bit because they're clinched now? They could definitely be taking a break, just knowing that they already have a spot. For, they have at least a thirty-fifth game to play. I don't think so. Uh, no, I, fair enough. I, I mean, obviously, I, I don't follow the Western Conference, but I feel like you kind of do yourself an injustice if you're really pumping the brakes even after you've clinched. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. I, I don't. I don't think their slide has anything to do with the fact they've clinched because they only did it this weekend. And they've been sliding since July. <laughs> That's fair. We'll be fine. Well, they also um, they also fell last year too. If you remember, yeah. like they were on yes, that crazy did. run, and then they started losing, started losing, and then dropped yeah. out of the playoffs. So, man, it could happen. To, I mean, it could be the same deal. If you're listening, Western Conference front offices, there you go. Now you're on to them. Um, Teams that are knocked out in the Western Conference, there is more of them. Hang tight. Seattle Sounders 2, Tulsa Roughnecks, Las Vegas Lights, Rio Grande Valley. Uh, <laughs> what? Wow. Rio Grande Valley uh, FC, Colorado Springs, Fresno, Los Dos. That's it. That's seven. Clearly, we found out the Eastern Conference is where all the chaos is. Yeah, we've known that, though. Yeah. Yeah, everything was pretty much wrapped up in the West. You've got it's kind of nice. Spots. Yeah, three spots left, <laughs> five teams in the running. As opposed to the East where you have... Do you, do you guys remember the uh, picks that we did where we picked a team and we get I don't want to because I looked at it recently. Yeah, I, I'm, I looking at it. I'm looking at it now. I think mine are yeah. good. Phil is good. Phil has currently Phil's four of his six picks in the playoffs. Yeah. In a playoff spot. I know I picked Phoenix from the start. <clears throat> Ryan's got that. that. We'll circulate that out again. I was going to say, was that the draft show? Because yeah, I, vaguely draft remember, show. I vaguely remember listening to that while shopping on a Sunday in Walmart and having a very poetic speech by Evan about how great TFC uh, 2 would be. Brian, uh, Brian, why are you doing this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Brian. Just, also, I was trying to convince people that, that I was not picking T2 as a homer pick, that they would actually make the playoffs. Yeah. They made the playoffs. There you go. Notes for next year, everybody. Um, next year, they won't make the playoffs. <laughs> this will be, this hey, will be Brian. Time their entires. <laughs> uh, plug yourself. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Soccer with Brian. And then uh, check out Twitter uh, at PGN Written, uh, and then also USLnews.com. There you go. Uh, Ryan, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at ILM underscore Ryan, writing with Soccer and Sweet Tea and Indomitable City Soccer alongside at Iron Pony Chef with or for Pony. I enjoy that you plug him when he's not here. But he never reciprocated that favor. <laughs> I think you should talk that talk about that to him with him. Um, Kev, where can people find you on the internets? 
at Camish PDX and at PTK Podcast. There you go. That's it. Wavy, where you at, bro? Uh, Phil Grooms, two L's, yep. two O's on Twitter. Yeah. Yep. STL Soccer Report on Twitter. Beauty. Um, you can follow this show as a, as a whole and our wonderful cast of friends and, and characters at the USL show on Twitter. Really easy. Um, we go live every Monday night. If you want to have your input live on the show and have us like talk to you in a very disconnected way, um, youtube.com backslash the USL show. That's where you can find all of our shows and things like that. We tweet out the link a couple minutes early. No guarantees that we start on time. It's usually a couple minutes late just because people join in calls and all that fun stuff. Uh, also, if you're wondering this week's uh, episode references the Dave Matthews band album, which is a very good one. Um, you can also find us uslshow.com. That's a good spot. You can find our Patreon there, patreon.com backslash the USL show. Uh, for me, if you, for whatever reason, want to hear, see more of me, interact with me, my DMs are open. Feel free and speak. Yeah, it's the best Twitter handle in the league, but, you know, not everyone's going to win, right? Uh, so, yeah, that'll do it for us. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, regardless of how you listen, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, uh, if you just download it off of the website, that's really cool. But yeah, we appreciate you guys listening to us. And remember that one rule, just don't be a dick. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.